0: Hi friend, this is Georgian Panoff, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, The Cost of Freedom.
1: Just recently, Georgian was able to sit down with Silas Raymond, a doctor of pharmacy in Florida, to ask questions about using medicine off-label to treat covid which includes ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. We hope that you find this conversation very enlightening and and educational, but please know it should not be considered medical advice, but just something that'll help you explore your options as you discuss your health with your personal doctor.
0: Hello, hello everyone, hello friends. Uh, talk about friends we have a new new friend mm-hmm. that is a friend of a friend and I'm really excited for our conversation with Silas today but Karen first I want to uh, just thank you for bringing your dear friend and mm-hmm. we're gonna find out all about I already talk a little bit and I'm little, really excited because this is a very important thing for everyone you you guys mm-hmm. this is something so Uh, current, and so Mm -hmm. touching all of our lives. This conversation is going to be very, very beneficial. So go ahead, get ready. And Karen, uh, would you please introduce your dear friend and becoming my friend quickly? uh, Mm -hmm. Silas, go for it.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm really happy to introduce my friend Silas Raymond. He uh, and his entire family have been like family to My sister and I, we used to live where they lived and they adopted us and ever since, they can't get rid of us. (laughs) (laughs) And recently, we spent the holidays with his entire tribe and sitting around the table, I was just, I mean, I've always appreciated the information you provide on so many subjects, but I was just enthralled by what you had to say. I mean, let me just tell everyone your background, you are, a doctor of pharmacy correct you co-own trinova health which correct. is a community compounding pharmacy in florida
2: wow correct
1: and you have been would you would you say a pharmacist for seven years or more how long
2: i've, I've been a pharmacist for 10 years okay. yeah um i was licensed uh, originally in 2011 Mm -hmm. And I was a uh, pharmacy technician for about 12 years previous to that. So I've I've spent um, quite a number of years in the pharmacy field, um, both at the at the direct patient level and and also in other varying um, positions.
0: and I understand you're a doctor. D. Do you have the D for doctor? Yes,
2: correct. I have a I have a doctor of pharmacy degree. Um, degree. It it is a, a doctorate degree from the University of Florida, and um, and most most pharmacists that have come out since two thousand seven, circa two thousand seven, have the doctor of pharmacy degree. Uh, what that e- essentially entails is that um, the doctor of pharmacy degree incorporates the concept of being able to know what drugs treat what uh, disease state. Mm-hmm. Um, the previous degree, you, you could have a uh, what was called a BS pharmacy degree, and that was a bachelor's. And what that did is that you knew everything having to do with the drug. And then you could go on additionally to become a doctor of pharmacy to know how to use the drugs in the different disease states. Um, But now all pharmacists that come out of school are PharmDs.
1: But last year, Georgian did end up with COVID and uh, double pneumonia COVID. And um, long story short, um, the medical profession and the hospital could not help him, but uh, we were able to get hydroxychloroquine with zinc and azithromycin, and it was overnight remarkable uh, turn of events. And so, while that was going on, I I was texting you, and you were you know texting me, and and so since then we've talked about all this good stuff. Yes. Um, and I just would like you to just start telling people who may not know about. Any of these uh, medicines, such as ivermectin, et cetera, what is available to them?
2: Correct. Well, um, we have to first start the discussion a little bit, a little bit back from there. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing in in uh, pharmacy, and then also our medical or our approach to um, taking care of treating patients in America, we have often. Um, continue to investigate other avenues and uses for drugs that are currently on the market and approved for another use. Um, This process is known as evidence-based medicine. Uh, Evidence-based medicine um, utilizes uh, usually smaller controlled environments, but it can be even more, even as small as um, a one physician practice who's noticed uh, a particular medicine really helps X, Y or Z, and they've used it often in their practice and they put that information out and then um, other physicians follow and pharmacists like uh, like myself can go in and, and find that information uh, through research papers that are that are released um, And so that whole evidence-based, Uh, science philosophy brings us to hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin because even though a product is approved for a certain condition it does not have to be used only for that approved condition a doctor may um, prescribe uh, a medication uh, for use based on evidence that is out there and we call that process prescribing Mm off-label and the off-label process is where the use of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine lies so when someone asks the question does the fda uh, you know is x drug approved by the x by fda for x disease that's not really critical. It's more critical to know, has the FDA actually approved the drug for any any disease? Because a doctor may use it once it is approved. He can use it for any disease he feels would benefit the patient in which he's treating. Gotcha.
0: Very interesting. And of course, in this conversation, it's what it is. is a conversation. And, and... Informative. We're not saying do this, or do that. Um, Correct. We're just uh, simply informing people and and, and and educating ourselves in all the different aspects of it. And Correct. for me, for me, it's so interesting because it it did help me tremendously uh, in my uh, fight against uh, coronavirus. And and of course, I also had pneumonia, double in both lungs and. I was in really, really, really uh, rough shape, and and Karen um, called. um,
1: American Frontline Doctors. uh,
0: The American Frontline Doctors. Thank God for their, uh, because we went to the hospital. Yes, I did have COVID, and I had double pneumonia. I mean, my lungs were studded with all kinds of spots that, you know, I, ironically, didn't even feel anything like that, I wouldn't have known that. So the Lord did protect me in many ways but held the lid on that but if it wasn't enough this uh, immediate intervention by these guys with um, i don't even know all the medication that she we we obtained from them but the, it was fabulous so maybe you guys can discuss more sure. care you know a
2: lot more yeah. than, one of the uh, one of the things that is really disappointing to me um seeing that uh being involved in in the medical field um and and also pharmacy is oftentimes uh, when a new disease emerges or some some um, novel disease state emerges. Uh, there's an often trial and error process that we go through, and um, that that doctors all collaborate all across the country, and they and they come together to. Uh, determine a treatment and, and even if it's, even if it's, you know, 30% effective, even if it's 50% effective, even if it's however much effective, they, they then continue to hone those therapies until at which time, um, a drug can be later found that is, that is more effective than the treatment that is out there. Um, that is how the normal American system has always worked since Mm -hmm. I've grown up with this particular disease, that did not happen. And, and I, I was very frustrated with that, um, to be honest with you, because it takes a lot of people out of being able to help solve the problem. And, and, um, and so with, with the drug therapies themselves and people going into the hospital, they were being denied therapies that in some cases, I think could have helped, helped save their lives and, and, and that that's progressed always to
1: the point of needing the hospital like right away treat it right away correct Why yes. wait to needing that
2: yeah the, yes exactly um, because usually by the time you get to the point that you were describing and, and in a need of hospitalization you could have utilized some of these uh, medications before you mm-hmm. even get to that point and so and you can you can then uh, keep yourself from having to go to the hospital. And I think that's one of the major um, uh, things exciting to me to do this podcast is to be able to talk and mm-hmm. and let folks know there are options out there that can help you um, keep, keep you from developing symptoms that would require you to have to seek hospitalization. Yeah.
1: Amen.
0: And in my case, uh, again, this is very, <clears throat> very close to my heart. This conversation because I literally, <clears throat> excuse me, I literally went through that, and 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 I gotta say that the Lord was so with me, one hundred percent. I had no fear the entire the entire time because I felt supported by the Lord Himself. So if you are born again, obviously you know what I am saying. Yes. But whoever, yeah. I I I I needed, you know. I missed the first few days, like I could have caught it if I had a no but who knows these things? And right. Karen did know quite a bit. And we call these frontline guys, frontline doctors, American frontline doctors. Within 24 hours, they responded, something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: called us back, explained to us what what's going on. And we did, and then they immediately prescribed.
1: Let, let me raise an issue, Georgian. Back uh, then, I was able to have that prescription uh, listed at a local pharmacy, so that we could immediately access the medicine. Now that's not the case. It would be very—you'd be very hard-pressed to be able to do that now. You would have to find a pharmacist willing to fill that prescription.
2: Yeah, and and see, that's one of the things too that that. Um... Uh, is another area uh, to discuss as well. Um, the it, for me and my partner, we we decided that we wanted to be able to help people to get access to the medication. So, um, pretty soon after uh, Karen and I spoke, I then continued to research into how how could we um, get get our information to American frontline doctors. And we have since um, gotten our information onto their network of pharmacies. And we, we do fill prescriptions for hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and we ship them to the states that we're licensed in, which are, which are multiple different states. Um, that's another thing uh, to, to know that there are pharmacies who are licensed in multiple states that you can contact outside your state. To get a prescription filled, and and I would encourage people to look at the um, FL, LCC, um, which is the American Frontline Doctors website, and and check out the pharmacies that are that are available, and and even if you want to contact our pharmacy, more than more than happy to help, and I can give that information to Karen. But um, the one one thing that one thing that we noticed is that pharmacists um, wanted to help but they were but they were being kept from helping by the actual institutions they worked at and this is a um, this is due to the fact that there are regulations there are laws that you have to follow but then beyond those laws a a individual business or a chain uh, of businesses May have policies against uh, certain activity. so so, in one such case, we we had um, a patient come to us that needed to get the the ivermectin filled, and we were able to contact a uh, chain pharmacy to get the prescription transferred to us. And we in that conversation, the pharmacist at that other location said, man I'm just not able to fill them here but boy I'm glad someone is out there filling these prescriptions Um, so the the idea that um, the pharmacist doesn't want to help is is not necessarily always the case there but but there are ways that you can get your prescription transferred to a pharmacy willing to fill your medication and Quite honestly, that's your right as a patient, and you need to be your own advocate in that to do to have that medication sent to where you can get it filled.
0: And how, how are you getting – I mean, we're so excited that you do that. We, 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 <laughs> uh, we thank God for your courage and making that decision because you just at the time didn't know which way it could go, but you just right. went strong, and thankfully it's working and you're helping so how do you get the supplies from you know uh, are they available for pharmacists like you all over the place or or well
2: well yeah so that's and that's an excellent question so um what what it is is actually uh as karen karen described we are a community compounding pharmacy Mm uh so what that entails as a compounding pharmacy which is different than a traditional pharmacy um, even though we can do anything a traditional pharmacy does, um, a traditional pharmacy relies on a company to make the finished drug product, and then they purchase the finished drug product and send it, send it to the patient. Um, for our pharmacy, we actually buy the active ingredient, uh, which in this case is, is ivermectin, and we actually make the capsule itself. Oh. And we do that and and so that we can make it in the dosage form um, uh, for the patients and then the doctors can order it and, and do that. Um, there have been issues uh, where the FDA has stopped importation of ivermectin at the U.S. border. So when ivermectin drug was ordered and they they interdicted that, and they stopped it from even coming into our country, which um, I, I I can't explain. It, it's, it's inexplicable to me.
0: It's a crime in my mind. I mean, I'm kind of simply being Bulgarian here, but it, for me, that is an absolute, absolute crime against humanity. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I'm not going to go past that to figure out who's doing it and so on, so. but it is a crime. And thank God that you are... Uh, able to, did you say to actually produce the ingredients or, or someone is helping you produce the Right.
2: So we, we obtain the active, active pharmaceutical ingredient, and then we make it into a finished drug form. Gotcha. Uh, and so, and so then you can take the finished drug form in a capsule and it's a, you know, it, it just, uh, that's the process of compounding, which is uh, patient-specific, and so as long as there's a prescription from a doctor, and and uh, we can do that.
0: Amazing. So can we get a little bit into uh, understanding those specifically? Those three or four, like zinc and sure, ironectin, and and Karen, you may know the better uh how pronounced hydroxychloroquine <laughs> sure. i mean i'm learning but yeah uh, help help people understand those let's say those three or, or basic four uh, things so we okay. can, people can understand what we're talking about if they Excellent. don't
2: yes we I can do that um, so first we'll start with hydroxychloroquine hydroxychloroquine was originally um, approved as an anti-malarial drug gotcha um, and and one of the things that was noted in, in how it kind of worked was that it it allows zinc to enter, it, it helps zinc enter the cell. And by allowing zinc to enter the cell, zinc acts as what is known as a, a protein chain terminator, meaning that it, it, it identifies the protein chain and then because of its uh, chemical structure, and being positive and the protein being a little negative it it would attract each other and it would sit at the end and then that protein chain when it needed to be retranslated or um, made into the ending protein it was unable to do so because it had the zinc attached to it so that zinc uh, basically roadblocks it and keeps it from being able to be made into It
1: roadblocks the virus.
2: Correct. It roadblocks the virus, but it also, in the in the malarial scheme, it, it kind of works uh, similarly,
1: mm-hmm. okay. uh, the
2: way that malaria um, uh, replicates itself okay. in the body.
0: So, question is: the zinc already exists in the body, and a uh, hydroxychloroquine yes. helps get to this to the right place or you got to get it separate uh, outside? Well, what, what man,
2: you, you have excellent, excellent questions. These are Thank beautiful questions, Thank I you. must admit. A very <laughs> astute question. Yes, we have zinc in our bodies. Uh, we, uh, we acquire zinc dietarily, meaning through the foods that we eat. Um, mm-hmm. But in cases of viruses and so forth, the amount of zinc in your body Uh, compared to how much virus load you have will depend upon if you need more zinc. So zinc supplementation is why the hydroxychloroquine with zinc is so effective because you can increase the amount of zinc that's in the blood. Therefore, when you take the hydroxychloroquine, the zinc is there for it to be transported into the cell and then go to do its work. So the the reason we we take zinc um, and zinc is effective uh, and has been long, long known effective for cold, Mm -hmm. cold, um, which is a virus as well. Uh, And it's in simple products such as lozenges and and so forth that people take for um, to relieve them from cold symptoms. So, yes, it is. um, it is important to keep that zinc high, but then also it's important to have a a highly absorbable form of zinc. So one of the best forms of zinc is zinc gluconate. So if you're out there and you're looking at the shelf, um, one thing you can always ask a pharmacist is, is this a very highly absorbable form of zinc? Um, And because that not all zinc is created equal in that respect. I see. That's really
1: helpful, Silas, because that had always been a question with Georgian and Winnie and several other of my friends. And then other people have difficulty with zinc. They say it makes them feel, you know, upsets their stomach and that kind of thing. Right.
2: So anytime if a medicine upsets upset your stomach, which is very common common with a lot of different medications, and that can be for a, a variety of different reasons, but usually one of the best things to do in that case is just take it with food or a little bit after you've eaten something on your stomach. You know something even as simple as a cracker, uh, with with the dose that you take, um, because the stomach being full of acid and and, um, and so forth can cause you to have a little more excess acid. And that's kind of like what the nausea is from. Gotcha. So uh,
0: zinc, very important ingredients to fight some of these viruses, but then hydroxychloroquine, which originally is to fight malaria. Correct. Uh, and I understand this, over-the-counter, all over Africa, because I've been to Africa many yeah. times, and they said, just grab a few of those, or if you're not, we'll, we'll get it when yeah. you arrive in Africa, so we want to keep you from malaria, right?
2: Correct, so, yeah, so and- hydroxychloroquine often, uh, even children, very, very young children, after they're weaned off their mother, in some cases, they're started on hydroxychloroquine therapy uh, to protect them from malaria in uh, in Africa. Also, it's part of the WHO treatment for people either coming back into our country or people going to those countries. It's recommended uh, for travel to those countries simply because it's not something that we come in contact with here in the States. So it's it's an important thing. Um, it's Hydroxychloroquine itself is pretty innocuous as far as... Um, uh, any, any huge side effects uh, when you're taking it. However, there is one, one area of concern and one set of patient population that should be a little bit concerned with hydroxychloroquine. Um, And those are folks with any sort of arrhythmias. If you have any cardiac arrhythmia, um, that is where you should consult uh, both your doctor and also your pharmacist, um, and and ensure that hydroxychloroquine is a right choice for you, um, because hydroxychloroquine, one of its big side effects that you've that that has been discussed is the cardiac issues, and that has to do with a specific cardiac arrhythmia, um, and and um, that has only been seen very very rarely though in in um, in use like down to 0.1 percent of the population who uses it ever sees it um, and the drug product in the u.s is actually more commonly used as a uh, rheumatoid arthritis medication mm-hmm. uh, we use it to decrease the overstimulation of the immune system as it relates to rheumatoid arthritis mm-hmm.
0: gotcha So some
2: people take this on a daily basis and never see any side effect from it. Wow. Um, and, and so that's one of the reasons why when I heard, you know, hydroxychloroquine, how horrible of a drug it was, I'm like, no, this drug has been out for a very long time. A lot of people use it. I filled it multiple times. Um, for rheumatoid arthritis and also filled it for patients leaving to go to Africa and so forth. So I I had no concern over the use of the drug itself. Um, And then again, if it's effective for viruses by increasing the zinc level inside the cell, which is essentially what hydroxychloroquine does is it assists the cell in uptaking the zinc that's there. By doing that, um, you can then combat the viral replication of COVID nineteen and pretty much any other virus um, that you would that you would come into contact with.
0: Can I ask you a question, Sales? Just sure. you brought it up. I wasn't gonna. I, I don't want to deviate for, from the chloroxy. But uh, when I've been going to missionary to Africa, like sometimes twice a year for decade and a half. No, for two decades. Anyways. They have often given me friends, friends of mine who are missionaries. They they've given me a choice between hydroxychloroquine, which is I take like a couple pills every day. It's just like mm-hmm. a, all throughout the the duration, let's say two weeks, you know, before, during, and after a little bit. But then mm-hmm. there's another type that they that they say if you choose, it's just basically one pill before, one pill during, and one pill after. So I'm like all, completely different medication for malaria do do you think in this kind of a what that is I know don't know and do you know that this heart heart problem and maybe helping with some other kind what what do you Right.
2: that I think that's where um, there is the difference between hydroxychloroquine's activity versus the other drugs activity whereas it's more of an indirect uh, approach with hydroxychloroquine. There's a more direct approach with the other medication that you're referring to. So it's yeah, the hydroxychloroquine becomes a little more um, uh, universal in use or has a wider range of use for different different things versus the other other medication. Gotcha. And I, yeah,
0: and I understand is widely popular every, everywhere, especially in Africa continent and aware yeah. of malaria's and. And it's yeah. inexpensive, and it's a fantastic, and it's been lasting for decades now. I'd say since the 50s, yeah. or I'm not sure when. but
2: and the, and the reason why some folks brought that up, like researchers brought that up, is they were looking at the caseloads based on the countries. And you could tell that in Africa, a lot of the countries were not being hit as hard at the COVID-19 uh, virus. And, and that is because their population is on hydroxychloroquine. Wow. Um, You know, preventively against malaria.
0: And that's another crime. For us not to have the information widely uh, communicated, it it to me is like unthinkable. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. And so to finish that, as far as the hydroxychloroquine, it's uh, best to increase in this whole pandemic craziness in the last year with its... COVID plus it's variant, you know, Delta, and now this, whatever. So it's advisable, tell me if I'm right, to increase the zinc, uh, outside intake of zinc, uh, along with the hydroxychloroquine Together is really the best,
2: correct? Correct, yes, you are exactly right. I would say, you know, increase your zinc anyway as a great preventative measure against any sort of... um, any sort of immune attack, because that's one thing that it, that it does help
0: with. Yeah. Wonderful. So if we can move to the other uh, amazing uh, uh, drug that helped me and helped others is
2: the uh, ivermectin. So uh, ivermectin is um, has its activity similar uh, or provides the similar end function that hydroxychloroquine does. So in, when we look at treating a disease, it's always important to look at um, what the rational use of a medication is. And so one thing here that, that we noticed is, okay, so if you have a virus coming in, that virus must replicate itself. That's the only thing a virus is programmed to do. Um, so if you get in come in contact with a virus, it must replicate itself. And so, stopping viral replication becomes the the initial goal. Um, and so, sometimes you don't even feel sick until, at which point, the virus is replicated to a level that then you do feel sick. And and that was kind of described in your story of kind of leaving, not feeling not feeling too bad, but then a few days later, you realized, oh man, I do feel bad, and and you come come back and, and that has to do with that time lag between viral replication. So okay. the goal so the goal of therapy is to stop the viral replication but then also to take care of the virus that has replicated um, and also the effects of what that viral replication has done. So in this particular case we have um, hydroxychloroquine combined with zinc helps to decrease viral replication. ivermectin helps to decrease viral replication it just does it in a little different way uh and how it does that is is it it is a uh, protein um protease inhibition uh through a process called protease inhibition and that's just a fancy term for it's a it's a it's an enzyme required for the virus to replicate itself and so because it stops the ability it's it hinders that enzyme, then the virus can't replicate itself. I see. So, so it's kind of a little more of a direct attack as opposed to um, uh, hydroxychloroquine, which is kind of an, uh, and zinc, which is a kind of end run, if you will, uh, to, to taking care of the viral replication. Got
0: gotcha. you. And uh, you mentioned the enzyme. Again, I'm learning because there's so many things to... Yep. Uh, Just a little bit. I know I heard the enzymes that they're inside. Are they part of the uh,
2: microbiome or what what
0: are those enzymes?
2: No, those are enzymes that we we have in our body. Uh, So we have we have several different enzymes that we have in our body and they and they. and they do certain functions um and so this particular one the virus takes advantage of to assist it in its in its uh, viral replication um we also see it uh kind of interestingly with hiv as well which hiv again is a virus and protease inhibition came into um are a big class of drugs that are used um to uh, as as part of the therapy for patients with HIV. Gotcha. So d- d- to inhibit that protease is to also inhibit the viral replication.
0: Gotcha. Um, okay, so uh, explain to me something that I, I was told by a few, and I so uh, if if the if irinotecan it, it needed to be. Administer to really quick within the first five days. I've heard that several times. Saying, "Well, you have a, a varmectin, but now it's been 15 days. Your body is already producing antibodies, and so uh, it's a great thing if you had it earlier and start using right. varmectin." Like so, uh, what, do you, what do you say about that? Okay.
2: Well, yeah. So here, here, this is where we have the chicken and the egg philosophy. Yeah. um which is created first the chicken or the egg so if you if you have an assault going on in the body okay and you are under attack your immune system is going to be suppressed so you're going to be vulnerable to another attack so in in and what i recommend is that patients continue to take the ivermectin because you're going to you're going to still be susceptible to Uh, further ongoing viral attack Uh while you're dealing with the virus. Now, from the initial reason you go in uh, to get some sort of therapy, they may be correct in saying that, okay, um, now the disease, now because you haven't stopped the viral replication, now we have to deal with just the disease itself. Well, that could be true, but that's also leaving, leaving the door open for, other attacks to happen so in my in my opinion um as uh, for the rational use of drugs i would say take ivermectin preventatively in, condi- in in conjunction with the other medications because you just don't want to allow time for that virus to continue to replicate because that's how you end up in the situation where you need the further therapies anyway gotcha so, if that makes sense, yeah.
0: Uh, so what what I want to clear in my mind is like, um, okay, now that I've gone through uh, the COVID and pneumonia, and th- there's another question about the pneumonia with the Z pack that we're gonna ask, we can sure. discuss in a little bit, but to finish with the ivermectin and, uh, and, and hydroxychloroquine, um, would you, um, uh, Okay, so I have gone through, thank thank God for these uh, bold people mm-hmm. like myself and doctors that went for it, subscribed it, and they sent it to us, and we got it. Mm-hmm. And now I am COVID-free, pneumonia-free, and so forth. So uh, how long would that natural immune uh, system that uh, I have built in will last? Is it, you
2: know, do oh man you you are asking all of the actual pertinent questions and it, this is fantastic uh nice. um the, Go for it. the answer is is yes the drugs the drugs help you overcome the current um assault and and so forth and help you recover but the other thing that they do is they allow a a mediated response for your immune system. So because, because you're able to kind of squelch the overrunning of the virus, the body's able to to take time to build up all those wonderful immune markers and, and immune um, T cells and and antibodies that are needed, so that when you come in contact again, you actually have those available and and in the body's immune memory to be able to then uh, make as as it requires it to come along. Uh, uh, Until everything that we have been taught, and I'm gonna caveat this by saying there, everything that I was taught as it relates to immune uh, system in the body there is not a waxing and waning of the natural immunity that you that you get. If you become if you um, come in contact with with an agent or something, your body um, builds an immunity to that you have that in the memory of the immune system. it's there. it's built in it it, it was given to us by God so that we can then continue to fight these things that that maybe uh, look even a little similar to the original, um, but are different, we may get some protection from that, that original uh, offending agent. So there's, in, in my, in in everything that I've been taught, I've never been taught that your immunity that you acquire, what we call acquired immunity, uh, waxes and wanes. Now, uh, with result, um, with, uh, with respect to some vaccinations, such as uh, te- tetanus, you notice that there is a time l- lag um, that, like say, ten years after, you'll get a booster. Well, what that is about is having enough available in your system to to be able to uh, ward off an attack should that happen. And so they they do they do re- recommend uh, that, but. But that's sort of a, um, but your your body itself never came in contact with tetanus, so this is this is why we kind of have to augment that sort of philosophy. Um, if the body had come in contact, the question is, would would your immune system know how to naturally take care of tetanus uh, should it ever arise in the future? And, and so because we've kind of gone around that regular process and just prevented our, ourselves from ever being sick, um, that's why the booster shot is kind of necessary in those, in those situations. So mm-hmm. I believe in our immune system's ability to take care of us and remember what and, and be able to produce the antibodies and the T cells necessary to take care of us if we come into contact with that substance again.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so many questions are popping in my mind as you're talking, Silas. Uh, I'm trying to remember them all, but um, it's been such a difficult time with, and my most frustrating thing with, because I pray for the nation. I mean, I'm Bulgarian and I love America. I'm an immigrant and I love this nation yeah. to no end. Yeah. In fact, one of my physician help friends says, man, I'm trying to analyze your Body and stuff for for herbal s- s- purposes. He says you. It, it, it looked like you're grieving. Did you lose a? Did you lose a loved one? This is like a year ago, yeah. and I go, you know what? It's it's not. I mean, mom lost four years ago. It's not. That's I'm over that. But what I've been grieving is about America. I've been grieving about an issue because I see the deterioration from what I celebrate arriving here, like. Wow, so much freedom, so much amazingness. No one tells you what to do. And, of course, you grow in your uh, being self-governed, you know, obviously. But right. now so many of these freedoms, even the freedom of speech, is start to get limited and freedom of information. Like in this case, what do we do? Who do we trust? You know what I mean? People, yeah. So much confusion has been almost created. <sighs> and. Who yeah it's is, where's the authority at? do not we have we have authority about tetanus let's say or or malaria this, but what about this you know and so much confusion so
2: yeah it's 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 actually you know you you're spot on there's and and there's a lot of us in the medical field that kind of feel the same way like um uh, you know we a pharmacist is only as good as the information about a drug is. I can only do my job as effectively as the correctness and the truth about a product that is given to me for me to be able to explain it to somebody, and and unfortunately, there's been a loss of and deterioration of trust in a lot of our um, uh, in in a lot of our institutions that have that have caused. Um, uh, me to be disappointed with our system, and someone who's even been here, um, I've never I've never had to experience that before, and and it's very disappointing um, that when I see a, a study, I've got to not only just research the study itself, but is there is there a motivation behind the study? Is is are the figures behind those studies reputable? You know and. And usually you just, you know, in the American system, you would say everybody is out to help a patient, but it's just the deterioration of trust has gotten, gotten so that it that it has become very difficult to wade through a lot of those decisions, not only for a patient, but even for the practitioners ourselves, um, it becomes difficult. So um, one of the things, And that's why I think it's even more so important to do things like this where where I get to discuss with you and discuss with um, your network and discuss with other uh, spheres of influence to kind of let them know, look, you know, these are some good ways to go about it because my partner and I have been feeling the same way um, at at our pharmacy. We just want want to help as many people as we can and we kind of uh, go about it that way
0: great uh it's an interesting in my wife who we live very close together obviously and she never got anything uh from me even though we were always together always together and up close and and to this day she has not gotten COVID or anything like that and thank god i mean we're praying with doing communion every day we're we're doing our spiritual as well as health you know physical we eat well and constantly researching how to eat better and karen is a great source of information of which vitamin uh brand to buy from because not every brand is equal is as good quality correct so, so we're doing that but look at the strangest thing my wife till this day living with me and during the COVID. yeah never got anything and thank god for it but uh yet somebody advised her uh when we were leaving for a trip to hawaii because for the first time she'll be inside airplanes and airports and and you know and so she says well, preventively take ivermectin uh, take uh, zinc extra and this and that vitamin d and so on sure. so forth and
2: obviously you 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 probably say this is a good idea, right? And- I would yes, I would agree with that um, because any time that you're going to put yourself in a position where you may come into a higher contact um, of uh, COVID nineteen, that's when you want to be able to protect the body's ability to deal with that assault if it comes on. So you definitely want to have those things available and and um kind of uh even having a a low prophylactic dose of ivermectin in your system will help the body kind of uh decrease that viral replication process which is the 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 ultimate goal of this um of the therapies you know you never want to even have to get sick from COVID 19. so that's sort of the reason why you would you would take uh ivermectin uh, preventatively
0: yeah and what about me uh, you, you mentioned like I, I got the antibodies I'm good um, somebody says well it'll last you uh, uh, about a year this this whole you own antibodies they're, they're great but they're gonna last a year and I go okay I, not that I believe everything I'm hearing but I'm just wanting yeah. to uh, shall I a year from now which will be sometime later May or June shall I uh, do some more ivermectin pre- preventively, or should I just uh, just no? And what?
2: You no, know, and that's a, again a very, very, very excellent question. Um, yes, uh, what I would say is is yes, because as these viruses mutate, because they continue to mutate along. Now, one thing that we have to discuss when we discuss variations and mutagenicity, viruses' goals. Viruses' goals are to have a host cell, so a virus may become highly, highly transmissible, but high transmissibility does not equal high pathogenicity. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning that even though as it as it develops an ability to jump from person to person, it doesn't get. Better at doing its job. It actually gets worse at doing its job. It just gets better at jumping from person to person, and so um, that's where a lot of these variants come from. But again, um, because they're slightly different, and and they may look a little bit different to the immune system, um, like I said before, you, you know, coming in contact with the reoffending agent that looks identical, the body's going to be Right there, ready to go. But because it looks a little bit different, there is a there is a slight bit of risk there associated. So taking uh, the ivermectin prophylactically, even if you've had uh, a previous infection with with um, COVID nineteen, would be advisable um, as well. In in my opinion, great, awesome. Uh, next question
0: uh, I've been waiting to ask you is. The, um, the the immune, uh, the um, herd immunity. Now, I've had people say how good that is and important. Others are mocking this herd immunity. Say, forget it, don't rely on that. But yet, coming from Europe, uh, the old country, so to speak, we've been through, we've been through so many pandemics, uh, way worse than this one. I'm not saying it's any good. Anybody die for anything, but. Massive, millions and millions right. dying. You know, eliminate half a population of Europe, cholera, and all these things, and somehow humanity survives through brutally, of course, with a lot of sacrifices and dead people. But yet, that is no longer issue for uh, for yeah. uh, European. That one thing killed many, but we developed this fight against it, and we survived, and we're now. You know, is, is herd, herd immunity really, uh, can you define a little bit and explain yeah. uh, the good of it? If
2: so herd, herd immunity uh, can be defined uh, at, in a lay way or it can be defined as a statistical uh, term. Um, Forgiving this, let, let's let's just leave statistical terms out of it and let's let's talk mm-hmm. about the lay concept. The concept of um, herd immunity is that if every if 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 enough people are immunized or have the ability to kill the virus before it can jump to someone else, then then all the people around them um, it can't jump to, and then it it won't be able to jump to a person who isn't protected. So it's kind of like, um, uh, it's kind of like having kind of rings of protection around individuals. So if enough people have come into contact with it and their immune systems are able to handle the virus, then the virus cannot be transmitted to someone else. And so once that have, once enough people have that Immunization against it, and that's an immunization. In this sense, doesn't mean a vaccine, but it can mean simply your body has produced antibodies to that va- uh, virus. Then it keeps it keeps the other folks protected, and that's the concept of herd immunity, meaning that even if you aren't, uh, even if you haven't been exposed to it. You actually are protected by being close to enough people who have experienced it and who have already uh, defeated the virus, and so it's not able to spread.
0: So it's a it's actual factor. It 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 exists as a is a powerful preventive. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it so exists I'm as wondering.
2: a. It exists I'm as a quantitative. Um, uh, you can actually calculate it. Um, wow. Uh, for a population but you know for lack of a better leave that for another discussion
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, as a prime example is our own church here uh it's a large church and mm-hmm. our leaders are bold and strong and responsible but great faith people and and uh once that initial lockdown the first uh, march april may kind of and it was supposed to be ending it, but you know, of course, the government kept pushing more and more and more. Now, but our church says no. We are opening our church, and and then by June it was not open. It was pretty full like it used to be. And then, uh, then they decided not to force, uh, not to you know that we he have to wear masks. So our church down on the floor basically didn't wear a mask hardly at all hardly at all, all up right. the balcony yes go if you want to wear a mask absolutely stay in the balcony even social distancing archers didn't even uh, push that anymore so yet there was no <laughs> a virus explosion at all i mean here right. we are like, fifteen hundred people together no 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 explode, maybe one or two but there's no you know explosion so I thought, wow, we had developed as a body mm-hmm. a certain level of immunity because we were not suffering anymore as a
2: body from that. Right. This is this is one of those uh, scenarios where uh, we may have uh, the American population may have fallen into um, a fallacy in thought. And that fallacy in thought is called a false equivalency. Um we we thought that by staying separate we were helping, but maybe we were just staying separate and by staying separate, we we remained healthy. But the question is is if we were side by side, would that have been any difference? Um, this is back to where the medical research wasn't ever done. They didn't ever do any research to to inform us on whether or not, any of these measures were effective, and to what degree they were effective, it was just all stated that it was effective. And this is where everything kind of broke down at the very beginning. Um, and and that in going back to that previous um, thing that I was stating about the loss of trust in the in the medical field, and and even even though there were researchers who were trying to put information out, it was not being it was not being, um, made available to, to everybody. So the question is, is did any of that actually ever help? Um, would it have been any different had we not done that? We don't know. And that's, that's another, um, little bit of a, uh, crying shame in my opinion as well.
0: Mm -hmm. And thank you. You've been so generous with your time and, um, and this could be even two sessions now. I don't know, because we've covered so much. But one more question, maybe touchy right now. And and feel free to whatever. Obviously, for those who are listeners, we're not saying do this, don't do this. Yeah. You know, we, We're not saying that. We're just discussing, and you could make your own right. conclusions and so forth. But yeah. the vaccine uh, itself, you know, obviously, the government pushes it like crazy, and mm-hmm. I am... I'm like, first of all, is it really a vaccine? Because, like in my European mind, vaccine, you know, polio and this and that, it's boom and it's once and it's for my mm-hmm. lifetime. Others are maybe every at least ten years and maybe do another booster. But majority, a vaccine is is like good to go for for the rest of your life. But this one is. Sounds like a shot to me, not a vaccine, but it's a shot. And again, right. I don't want to freak anybody out there. You think whatever you want to think. But in my mind, every year, the, the flu shots, or this other cold flu, or this shots, and you get shots and shots. Now we get two, three shots, now boosters. So what, what sure. would you say about that? Uh,
2: so my, my thing is, uh, as it comes to that, a vaccine um, is defined as a, a weakened form, or the, the uh, being exposed to the actual um, viral uh, substance or a weakened form of it, such that it elicits a response in the body, albeit a low level of response, so that the body then can make antibodies And then also be able to store that memory of making those antibodies so that it's available um, at the time in which you come in contact with that offending agent again at some time in the future. So if we discuss that is the purpose and that is what a vaccine is, then let's look at what does this do? Uh, What does this purported vaccine actually do? Well, if, if we learn that it, it actually doesn't um, stop you from getting, getting COVID and it doesn't stop you from transmitting COVID, but all it does is potentially, which they haven't actually released any studies to demonstrate this, but they say it decreases um, the likelihood of a of a uh, hospitalization from COVID, then in my opinion, we're talking back about a drug therapy and we're not talking about a vaccine because a vaccine would keep you from actually getting the uh, disease state from the get-go. And um, just like you stated with polio, you get the polio shot so that you don't get polio. Um, well, if you get a COVID vaccine shot, then why do you get COVID? So, it, again, it's, in my opinion, it is not um, a true vaccine uh, in the classical sense, um, even if it decreases your um, uh, disease progression or or even if it helps, my opinion is, is that the risks associated to it are higher than the risk from ivermectin, which does the same thing, which is it decreases the viral replication, it allows the body to catch up, it and then you give products like um, azithromycin or z to help take care of the actual infection that's going on in the body, and so. Uh, To me, I look at the uh, COVID vaccines as a drug therapy, not so much as a vaccine uh, in my mind, Um, and certainly not as a classical vaccine.
1: However, say you are vaccinated and you do uh, come down with COVID, whatever variant, can you take ivermectin? Can you take any of these um, things you talked about, Silas?
2: therapy even though you've been previously vaccinated Mm -hmm. certainly yes certainly you can because uh the vaccine uh if you want it you know if you were taking it while you were um being vaccinated probably not necessarily a good idea because the the concept of um vaccination is you want to take it when you're not Um, infected because you don't want the body to be under that threat, um, number one, and number two, if the body isn't prepared to make those antibodies and it's being prevented from making the antibodies, then the vaccine itself is going to be rendered useless as well. So, um, you know, you definitely don't want to take the vac, you don't want to take ivermectin and then go get a, a uh, vaccine shot, um, not because they interact, but pretty much it. the ivermectin will cancel out what the um, vaccine is purportedly attempting to do. Um, now, again, based on the information that's been released, which is very, very little information that's been released about the actual vaccine, um, so it makes it difficult to to answer some of these questions, but but based on the information that that I've read about the vaccines, um, there there shouldn't be any reason that the ivermectin would interact if you had the vaccine, let's say a year ago, and you then now want to attempt to take ivermectin because um, you you want to fly out of the country or you're going to be in an area of higher um, um, amount of people or um, if if there are more cases reported in your area there should not be any reason that you can't take the ivermectin in that scenario
0: okay and can I ask one more question and maybe this will be the last one because it's it's amazing and I personally think I'm overloaded with information and I appreciate it so much I'd love to have you again yeah yeah. if you don't mind coming again sure anytime but, yes i would love uh, it but i i have one more question uh, and that uh, for right now <laughs> and that is is there anything that you might think or or heard or something that is actually uh, not really good element inside these vaccine i know they're doing good they're slowing down the death rate is nowhere near if you vaccinate okay that's wonderful but then also i heard that there are ce- certain things yeah. nonino something particles that are really really not good is that what do you yeah. think uh,
2: uh, i really uh, as as a medical professional um as a pharmacist who who has the ability to administer um, vaccines. For me to not be able to answer that question frightens me. It frightens me, but I can't answer that question because simply they have not released the information. Mm -hmm. And it it is unusual. It is highly unusual that we would not know everything that is inside of any product, whether it be a vaccine, a drug, or or food product, um, it is highly suspicious that I can't answer that question, and and it would and it would then, in my opinion, make it very easy for me not to recommend to use such a product. If if I wouldn't use it myself, how could I recommend? someone else to use that product.
0: Right. Well, you answered my question, at least for now. And of course, yeah. we're praying God to help this beautiful nation, us, our friends, and everyone to be COVID-free and mm-hmm. uh, however to develop antibodies. And and we, I pray that there's nothing really seriously wrong with the, the vaccination because um, it's yes. not going to be good thank God people like uh, uh Israel just lifted the mandate and then I know that eighty percent vaccine ninety maybe but still that's it's a good news that they lifted now the the mandates and right. you know some of the nation I think uk did the same thing so there's kind of mm-hmm. little little lights in that yes know, Through through you know I says oh that's so good you know but um anything finally you want to say because we we definitely want to have you but
2: uh, what what would you say to our audience? I would say that um, again. Obviously, uh, with all of us, our faith is strong, um, and and our belief and our faith is is strong as well. Um, but that doesn't mean that we we can't use and God can't use um, medicines and and use people to help help us overcome. Um, certain diseases as well. And if you want more information, I would definitely refer you to the American Frontline Doctors. And and then also um, you can find our pharmacy on there, Trinova Health. And we'll, we're willing to help answer any questions you have, whether you fill a prescription with us or not.
0: Awesome. Uh, awesome, Karen, would you uh, also let our audience know the details about our contact Silas' amazing clinic. Yes, Um, Mm
1: -hmm. I'll make sure when we post this information that it'll be available in the write-up so those who are interested will be able to just copy it direct from our, our site. And um, Silas, I just thank you for making yourself available like this. You're you're a treasure trove of of information. And I personally know you and trust you. So, like, it's just so wonderful. I mean, by me having people that I trust, yourself, other members of your family, as well as my friend who introduced me to her success story with American Frontline Doctors, I was able to help Georgian. I would not have known that. And so that's why I think it's so important to be able to tell these stories to one another, people who trust each other, people who know each other, because some forces are trying to keep this a secret. Uh So We're just trying to help open up a conversation and not telling anybody what to do, but these are options and they're
2: wonderful. So
1: I thank you for taking so much time.
2: Not yeah. a problem. I, I enjoyed it. I love, I, I, I'm completely tickled and uh, <laughs> I thank you for having me.
0: Hey, thank you for listening to my podcast. I trust our discussion today was helpful and encouraging to you. If you have any questions or comments, you can send me your email at gb at I'd love to hear from you. And may the freedom that Christ pays such a high price for you to have be yours today. This is the Cost of Freedom podcast. I'm Georgian Banoff, and I can't wait to see you next week.